Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, we will see the slides. I asked the projection to just show you four slides, which is the message for today. After that, I will invite Brother Michael to read to you, to us, Matthew 25. Okay, let's do the first one, the first slide. Jesus said what? That is the theme for this season, eh? for these two months. Jesus said what? Next slide. It's found in Matthew 25, 31 to 46, where Michael will read the next passage. And this is what Jesus said. Eh? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then the next verse says, He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous do eternal life. Next one. That is the theme topic for today. Brother Mike, can you come forward? Uh, reading from uh, Matthew 25, verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit upon His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in His presence and He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at His right hand and the goats at His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did this, when you did it to one of the least of, my, of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in, per or in prison, and not help you. And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these my brothers and sisters, you're refusing to help me. And they will go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you said, 
heaven and earth will pass away, but your words will not pass away. And so we ask that your words will be like what the sower did. Sowing the seed, it will fall on good soil, bearing fruit 160-34 to your glory. So we ask that the Holy Spirit will be our teacher and whatever we hear, say, we will be in line with the Spirit of Jesus. May God be glorified, all of us edified, and I bind the enemy that comes to steal and take away the seed that we hear. So in Jesus' name, we commit this time to you. Amen. If you look at Matthew Gospel, especially from chapter 24 to 25, you will notice that Jesus talked about the end times. End times, eh? And then in chapter 24, he talked about the signs of his coming. Eh? And he also said, the day and hour no one knows, but Jesus' coming is imminent. Okay? So that, that end times scenario is also uh, it continues in Matthew 25. So in Matthew 25, the first 13 verses, 1 to 13, talk about the 10 virgins, 5 wise, 5 foolish. And then from verse 14 to verse 30, it talks about the parable of the talents, 5, 2, and 1 talent. Or some versions use the word 5 bags of gold, 2 bags of gold, and 1 bag of gold. And then we will come to the one that just now Michael read to us, the sheep and the goat or the judgment. So from that background context, the interpretation about what I'm going to share about caring for the poor. This, this context is in the end times. And if you read carefully Matthew 25, it talks about the rapture, the tribulation, the 1,000 years, the imprisonment of Satan for 1,000 years. You have to compare that with Matthew, uh, Revelation 22, and then about the judgment, and then about the beast, the mark of the beast. So all these things will happen. And sometimes we Christians will think, oh, we will be raptured and so it doesn't affect us. I do not know. Huh? Whether it's pre-trip, mid-trip, or post-trip, we should not be interested, but we should be interested, interested in the trip. Eh? The trip. We will be with the Lord forever one day. Eh? So with that in mind, I want us to look carefully at Matthew 25. The first 13 verses, as I said, is about the ten virgins. The two words to summarize them is not ready. Eh? In fact, five ready, five not ready. Not ready. So you can say, if they refer to believers, then 50% of believers are not ready when Jesus comes. Then the parable of the tenants, 5, 2, 1, and the answer for that statement is, some were not productive. Not productive, ineffective. So you can say, one third, 33% are not productive. Okay? And then the, the part about the sheep and the goats. Both sheep and goat, they were not aware. 
Eh, they were not aware. The sheep did good things, but they were not aware that they did it for the Lord Jesus. The, the goats, the unbelievers, the unrighteous, they didn't do anything. They were unaware that they didn't do it for Jesus Christ. So, if you look carefully here, Jesus is telling you and me about our social responsibility, about the need to care for the poor. In John chapter 12, as well as in Matthew 26, you come across this statement, eh? you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Okay? So we quote this verse, and we use that verse sometimes as an excuse. Eh? You will always have the poor among you, and then we felt overwhelmed, helpless. And then we say, what? can I do? Or how much can I do? My little effort is not much value. Okay? And so we shy away, we shoo away from our responsibility. The other time we did on the book of James, James, the brother of Jesus, says these words, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans, widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Uh, I'd like you to take note of the word religion. When Pastor Joe and I were praying, we thank God for the religious freedom that we have in Australia. So, you, you can say that Christianity is also a religion. We are not just talking about relationship or personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but we are also a religion that society recognizes. So, religion is before man. It's in the social aspect. Relationship is personal and spiritual part with God. But our part with God must be translated into our religious duties and obligations and responsibility on this earth. That's why James says, by my works, I prove to you I have faith. But if you have faith, you don't show it by works, good deeds, nobody will believe you. So tell the person on your left and right, you have a religion. Huh? You also have a relationship with Jesus. So that is the balance. Huh? We, have, we have both relationship with Jesus personally through faith in Jesus and a religious duty on the social aspect. Sometimes in uh, theological term, we call it social gospel social gospel, or sometimes we use the word justice, justice, okay? We are not just justified by faith in Jesus Christ, we must demonstrate justice in our day-to-day relationship. So God will hold you and me and judge you and me for the justice or injustice we do or didn't do. So let's look again at this passage. When Jesus said, the poor is always among you, he was quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 15. I want us to turn to that chapter 15 of Deuteronomy. And this is where the context is very important because when we don't look at the context, we misquote what Jesus said in John chapter 12, 8 and Matthew 26. So Jesus says, if among you, one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land. From verse 7 of it, eh? 
if you, if among you, one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. For the poor you will always have with you in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land. So that is the context that Jesus quoted in the Old Testament. When Jesus said, the poor is among you, he is to challenge you and me, to spur you and me to be generous toward the poor. Open wide your hand, the Old Testament said. So the command in the Old Testament to be open-handed towards the poor comes directly from the Yahweh Lord, the God. We have open heaven. From open heaven, we receive from God. We, with open hearts and open hands, we are to give to others. Freely we receive, freely we give. We are told not to harden our hearts by hoarding blessings, riches, resources, possessions, just for ourselves. No hoarding. Yahweh God, the Lord God, commands us to care for the poor, the needy, the sick, the less fortunate in our midst. A command from God is to be obeyed, not for discussion. It's not for discussion about how to help, where to help, whatever, how much to give. No, that is not important. Okay? The key thing is we must obey His command to care for the poor and we meet the poor every day. You just take a walk, a trip to town hall, to the city, you will find the homeless. No, I always admire a pastor friend of mine. He's a senior pastor of an Anglican church. And he has a very deep, deep burden for the unfortunate. So one day, he felt very strongly and he resigned. He resigned as a senior pastor and went into full-time work to do relief work, to do what we call humanitarian ministries. That was, that was what he did. As a pastor, he said, the flock can look after themselves. Outside, outside, they have a greater needs. So he left the job as a senior pastor and went into relief work for the past 10 years. Whenever there is an earthquake, disaster, flood, famine, tsunami, or war, refugees, whatever, he will be the first, among the first, to go to the scene. Okay, it can be in Brazil, it can be in Haiti, it can be in Manila, it can be in Myanmar, it can be in Indonesia, it can be in Nepal, you name it, he will be the first of the group for people to go there and he would do on the ground, on site, an assessment of the situation. Okay? 
And he would rarely messages back to us by WhatsApp and so forth and says, we need this, we need that. We need medicine, we need food, we need clothing, we need water pumps because the water uh, houses are destroyed because of earthquake, whatever. They need to dig well and purify the water. So he would assess this and my wife and I and my church, sometimes we join him in relief work in a nearby country called East Timor or Indonesia. He would do there, go there. We do what? Medical work because they need medicine. So we do medical work and we go to the places where there are many children. They need what? Food, clothing. The usually women suffer. Eh? They need certain basic things in life. So we go there, we help. We may not spend much time, but we spend about seven, eight days to do this work, to care for the victims of disasters, man-made or natural. So this pastor of mine, he, when, when he shared all this with us, at the time I was a senior pastor of my own church, and I shared all these things with my leaders, and we decided to help, to help. Huh? So besides going into this team or Indonesia or these places, we raise funds. Raise funds. Eh? And thank God, during my time as a senior pastor, every year without fail, we raise about thirty to 40000 just for relief work, for welfare work that he's doing. Okay? And besides that, we also raise about thirty to 40,000 yearly for the orphans in Myanmar. In Myanmar, we have a ministry called the Orphan Hope Ministry where we help to care and feed and teach and minister to about 1,000 orphans. Okay? There are about 1,000 of them. We can't do much, but we do as much as we can. Okay. So every year uh, in Myanmar, they would have like, a Christmas, Christmas uh, celebration. 1,000 of the children will come. And what we do is we sponsor the food they need. They usually don't have meat. So we usually on that occasion, they have beef, they have pork, they have meat. Huh? And then they have better food because they usually just eat plain rice or some vegetable only. Okay? And also we make sure that each one of them receive a Christmas present. Okay? And on top of that, the staff, the leaders, we give them love gift to inspire and encourage them. And we do that every year in Yangon, in Myanmar. So you can say that corporate, corporately, huh, together, we can do much more for a place like Myanmar or Indonesia. So we, 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 you see, when you want to do social work, caring for the poor, it, it requires time, it requires treasure, money. And it requires what? Personal involvement. You go there. The whole church may not go, but you have about 10, 15, 12, or whatever number of people, if we go there, we go there to minister. Okay? And we not only minister physical things or physical needs, we preach the word, we do 
ministries of healing, healing signs, wonders happen when we do the spiritual part and the social or physical part in helping places. It can be in Myanmar, it can be also in Cambodia, or in places that you have in mind. So church, I personally believe if we personally and corporately, we don't do something about this thing, we violate the command of Jesus. He commands you and me not to harden our hearts. He tells you and me to open our hearts and our hands. We receive from Him freely. We bless others. We can do that. You heard of the story of illustration of these two seas, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. Uh, when we went to Israel, we saw these places. Uh, sea of Galilee is on the top. Eh? And then the Dead Sea is below. But both Dead sea, uh, sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea, they get the water from the same river, Jordan River. Okay? The water from Jordan River flow into Galilee, Sea of Galilee, and it has outlets to flow out. And the Sea of Galilee is full of life, full of fishes. Birds go there. Animals go there. Every year when there is what called migration of birds or eagles, whatever, it is alive in the Sea of Galilee. You can sometimes see the fish coming out of the water surface in the Sea of Galilee. You can swim there. You can drink the water. Fresh, clean, refreshing. But when you come to the Sea of Galilee... Dead. Ah, see, dead sea, sorry. The Dead Sea, everything dead. Dead Sea is everything dead. It's so dead that if you go inside the water and swim, the water is so acidic that the most you can do is you must close the eyes and dip for a while or you must wear a goggle to float there for 10-15 minutes and then you quickly come out. It's so dead. Though it has a lot of minerals, but nobody can stay there for long. Uh, nothing can be done in the Dead Sea. So why, why you have the difference? The difference is because the Sea of Galilee receives refreshing water, clean water, and has outlets, flow out to give. The Dead Sea only receive, 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 but no outlets. The former the Sea of Galilee receives freely and gives out freely. The later receives only. Receives only and doesn't give out. The only way Dead Sea gives out is by evaporation. Uh, the sun too hot and the water evaporates. So our lives are one of the seas. Sea of Galilee, Sea, Dead Sea. So you look at the person on the left, I see in you the Sea of Galilee, see? <laughs> yes, I am a Sea of Galilee. Uh, you must bless yourself and bless one another. We are the Sea of Galilee. Uh, so you don't want to be the Dead Sea. One of my prayers as a pastor and I'm sure for Pastor Joe also, 
is within your church, the church that you pastor, there should be no poor, neglected members. No one die of hunger, no one commits suicide. Okay? And I pray that no one of you in GCC goes hungry and nobody notices. So tell one another again, you are not hungry, you are well fed. Huh? How, how are you not well fed? After refreshment, uh, you can see a little well fed. People bring food and you feed yourself. Okay? We are well fed. Uh? We have food, we have water, we have everything well fed. No, few two weeks ago, one of my friends in Singapore WhatsApp me. And in the WhatsApp, there was a link to a newspaper report. And it tells me about this person was missing for over a year. And the police have to declare that she is missing. And we don't know what reason. But in that report, they discover her body, her ashes in the forest. Just this year. She was missing for more than a year. Just March this year, they discover a body with the human remains. And they went for a forensic test. It matched her DNA. Now, I was very shocked. She's a believer. She's about in the early 50s. And she died for whatever reason, I don't know. But for more than a year, she was missing. They couldn't find out why she was missing. Okay? Uh, one lady used to visit her, and the church used to give her a gift. A gift. Huh? Every month, give her a check. So she went there, and the door was open, left the check on the table, on the, on the desk. And then, next day, she went again, and discovered that the check was still there and not taken. So she raised an alarm to the police, and they went for a police search. For one whole year, she was missing and cannot be accounted for. Only March this year, they discovered the dead body remains, and it was hers. So with that info, I forward that message to the pastors there. One lady pastors I know very well, and she asked me, how do you know? So I forward the message to her, and then she know that it was a genuine police case reported in the newspaper. And I was very surprised that the church people, the church pastors didn't know. Didn't know. Okay? So surely said that sometimes this thing can happen to any church. And thank God that I heard lately that the church will conduct a memorial service for her on the 2nd of June. Very important. Because every soul, every person died, we need a closure. There are people who knew her and she had fellowship with them, and we need a closure. But with that in mind, I always pray none of us here will come to that situation. Missing in action, dying in the forest. You know, Australia, all the forest, correct? Go bush one day, you go bush one, you come across this, it, and it's a member of our church remains. Never 
such thing will happen in our midst. So in quoting John 12, 8, Jesus tells you, he forbids you and me to have no pity, no sympathy or little sympathy. Uh, He's against apathy and hoarding in our lives. Jesus is against that. The poor is among us, and we are to do something for the poor among us, not just here and forget about it. Okay? I used this word before. You may remember. No, the teaching of the Bible is you and I are to be world Christians. World Christians with a world concern, with a world responsibility. Okay? God wants you and me to be a world Christian. Wherever we go, we are a world Christian. So again, tell one another, you are a world Christian. Okay? We are a world Christian. Okay? You see, the Bible tells you, God so loved the world that he gave his only son for the world. Okay? And so we are a world Christian and we must be a world Christian, but not a worldly Christian. That one we must reject. Not a worldly Christian. Eh? A world Christian, not a worldly Christian. And a world Christian is one who is generous, caring, literally loving our neighbors as ourselves, loving our neighbor just like in the story of the Good Samaritan. It is costly sometimes to be involved in caring for the needy, the poor, the people who are less fortunate than us. As I said earlier, we have a social concern, which we call justice. Justice. God wants justice. The unbelieving world are fighting for justice. That's why they have demonstration. Huh? Whatever groups you need them, I want justice. Justice. Justice over maybe somebody died and accident, they want justice in the court. So everybody asks for justice. But we are to sow and give justice to everyone who has the need. Social concern is practical, loving actions now, not tomorrow. If you want to care for people, care for the poor, now, as soon as possible, now. If you come across, if we come across a person who is poor and needy and so forth, now is the time to show action. Don't do any sharing of your message and say, Jesus Christ died for you, his blood. That is not important. The first thing is physical need. The contact is physical need now. Do something practical, then they will listen to you. You know, I, I used to, in Singapore, uh, eat wonton noodle eh, in my church area. Just less than two minutes walk from my church, there's a corner that sells wonton noodle. My wife and I like to eat that. We always patronize this wonton noodle. So one day, I discovered that the lady who used to serve me wonton noodle was not around. So they're related. Now, this lady and the other lady who sell wonton mean they are both sisters in law. So I asked her, where is that lady of your, your relative who used to sell wonton noodle? Where is she? She told me she is sick. 
no L. Because what happened to her? Liver problem. Liver problem. And on and off, she come back to work. And then I will talk to her. And I ask her, uh, which hospital do you go for treatment? You see, the name of the hospital is Singapore called Tan Tok Sing Hospital. So I asked her, how do you go there? Oh, I asked my daughter to go with me by taxi because I'm so weak, I can't walk. So my daughter and I will go by taxi. And worse still, she sometimes spent three hours waiting for her appointment. So I asked her, when is your next appointment? She told me. So I told her, okay, on that day of your appointment, I will come to your house, I fetch you and your daughter to go to Tan Toxing Hospital. I did that. And then I waited with them for two, three hours in the waiting bay. I did that once. And then when she has a next appointment, I did it again. I did again. I did about four or five times. Then I began to share with her Jesus Christ. To cut the long story short, she eventually trusted in Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And through her, I visited her home. Her mother-in-law became a Christian. Her husband became a Christian. So there were few people in the home became a Christian. And her daughter told me, her daughter was in the poly then. She told me, I find that you are a rare Christian. Usually the Christians I meet, they only want to tell, share, but no action. You are a rare Christian. You sow love to my mom and my family unconditionally. When I went to their home, I bring along provisions. I buy rice, oil, milo, healthy food, essence of chicken for her. Why? Social action. You can do it. Okay? It, it doesn't mean that people, sometimes who are sick, eh? sometimes they, they, they may be, so to call you say, they are well-to-do or they are means or anything. You don't do anything, you know? Sometimes you visit a friend or relative, whatever, they may be richer than you or well-to-do than you. You may you visit somebody who is not well, who, who, whom you know who has a problem, bring something. The Chinese culture is what? You bring fruits, oranges, you bring things. Eh? You bring things to bless them because you want to be genuine and be practical in your care and concern for people that you come across. So next time, when someone that you know of tell you, the poor you always have, you make sure you complete the sentence. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land. Don't quote the verse and stop there. It's incomplete. Eh? Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land, and they are always there. Stop giving excuses like, oh, these people are not genuine, they don't deserve it. The money given out are channeled to the CEO, the staff. Very few go to the poor. 
No. You don't let this thing hinder you in caring for the poor. You see, Jesus says, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Practical thing. I don't know whether here you have been to what called prison for ministry. Eh? Not go to prison for your crime, eh? but go to prison for ministry. Try to go there for ministry. Eh? Try to go and find out people who are in prison. You may know of your friend all these things because of certain things they're in prison, locked up in the correction centre. You can tell your friend, can I visit you? Do something practical. Then, then uh, the next verse says, uh, it says, For I was hungry and you gave me some, nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison you did not look after me. So you have the part of the sheep that did the right thing, the part of the goats that didn't do anything. God will hold every human being, Christians and non-believers, at the judgment day for what we have done, for what we have not done. Because whatever we do, it is unto the Lord. That's why sometimes I don't despise non-Christians who do a lot of good works. I don't despise. I appreciate them. They may be from another religion, they may be from the Buddhist group or whatever group, but they do a lot of good works. We appreciate and affirm them. So how as a church or as believers, how do we care for the poor? How do we begin? If you look at the text, say begin to help in simple ways, in simple things. Huh? Use common sense. The things that Jesus speaks about, giving a hungry man a meal, or a thirsty man a drink, welcoming a stranger, caring and, and cheering the sick, visiting the prisoner, are things that you and I, we don't need training. We can do it. Jesus is not telling you and me to give away thousands of dollars or US dollars or pounds. He's saying, giving away simple help to people we meet every day. Because the Bible tells you and me, God sends the rain to the believers and unbelievers. He sends the sunshine to all. And we must be like God. Release His blessings to all, regardless of race, color, gender, deserving or undeserving. And we should, especially parents, teach our children to care for the poor. Everything begins young. So I recommend sometimes in your home, you have a piggy bank. Huh? And you tell your children, this piggy bank when it's full, we will give it to a 
charitable organization. So tell your children when they receive, let's say, their birthday presents or an or whatever, give it to the needy organization. Now, I don't know if I told you this story or not. I have a friend, eh? she is a very rich woman and has two sons. And so when, when the son turned 21, they have a big celebration. Very big. Eh? Invite her or anything. And usually in Singapore, when you have a big celebration, people come and they will give you ang pao, which is cash gift. Cash gift eh? And so the mother told him, when you receive the ang pao, I want you to set aside 10% and give away to the Lord's work to missionaries or to the church. Okay? And so, I said, okay. Good. So, the mother gave her a list of all the names and organizations. So, he said, who are the people you want to give? So, he looked through and he, and he told the mother, I only want to give to one person. John B. Mothers asked him, one only? About other people? No, John Lee. So the mother one day gave me a check based on the 10, uh, 10% from the offering that the son received, he received. And do you know how much? I was shocked and surprised. I got a few thousand dollars. Huh? So I remember I got about $3,000 from, from, from this, this gift. Of course, I'm happy lah. Huh? Okay, so I did two things. I pray and bless him, and I buy a Bible for him, which is priceless. Plus, the amount I received, I kept 20% away. You do that? I did it. Because whenever I receive a love gift, I make sure I thank God and pray for the person who give me and I give not 10%, 20% away. Because 10% is common. Common. Too common. Eh? 20% is what? Is 10 of the tithe and the other 10 is offering. Okay? So there's a difference. Eh? 10% is required. Another 10% is what? additional free will offering. So I never give 10% only. I always give up more than 10% in my daily life. Whatever I receive, I give put back. I am not a dead sea. I am a sea of Galilee. And I live by that principle. What I receive, flow out. To refresh others. So with the piggy bank that you do in your home, whatever, you can sometimes give it to a place called World Vision. Okay, why World Vision? Because God so loved the world. I want to give to the world. Huh? So in, in Singapore, one day uh, we have uh, World Vision, they come and share, and they give us those uh, daily bread, like a loaf of bread, uh, with the uh, opening for putting the money. And so I challenge my church because in our church every year we have a social month. For one whole month we talk about social work, social work, social work. And one of the practical things I did at one time was 
I invited the World Vision to come and bring in boxes of the piggy bank. Uh, a loaf. Okay, it looked like a loaf. And I asked my members to take one as a family. Okay, and usually I can give out, ask them, I challenge them, about 100 over people will take the loaves. And then I told them, when it's full, bring back to me, or you can give directly to World Vision for the ministry. Can be done. Okay, so when you have a box in your home, you can tell your children, let's pray for the people who are poor, besides giving. You teach them from young, this is for the poor. This is for the needy. Okay? Then in the passage that Jesus said in John 12, you will see also one point that Jesus wants to highlight. See, when Judas rebuked the woman for anointing Jesus with a Alasa box of perfume, he said, what a waste. What a waste. This thing can be sold for how much and given to the poor. Huh? And so Jesus, Jesus rebuked him for saying that the care for the poor is more important than giving it to the Lord. Huh? In my Bible, in verse 6, it says, Jesus says these words to rebuke Judas eh, for pouring out her perfume on Jesus. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. What does that mean? Judas pretended that he was very concerned for the poor. He pretended that he was very compassionate. But Jesus see through his action. Eh? So that's why Jesus said, uh, you say that not because you care for the poor, but because he was a thief. He was a thief. That means what? If the money for the perfume is sold, it goes into the treasurer, and he's the treasurer, he will steal it. He will take some or most of it. Okay? So when I look at this passage, I can say, I can interpret. When Jesus says, you have the poor among you, he is telling you and me, we are actually repeating the very sin of Judas who was robbing the poor. That means, when I don't care for the poor, when I don't give to the poor, when I keep all the things I have for myself, I am equally equal to Judas for stealing, for holding the money. So God challenges us to give, and when we fail to give, to respond, to help, and when we hold tightly to our money, we are guilty of having Judas spirit, the spirit of stealing. So let's share openly, freely, not stealing, not withholding God's riches for the poor. We are to have the posture of generosity, open-handedness, inconsistent with Jesus' life and teaching. So if you remember the hymn that Mary sang when Jesus was still in the womb, Mary sang the hymn that says, 
He, God, has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He has sent away empty. That means what? God cares for the hungry. The people who think they have, He sent them away. He reversed it. See, in other words, if we have riches, we have wealth, we, have things, we think we are rich, God said, you are poor. You are hungry. You are pitiful. You don't know how poor you are. Eh? The people may be poor in material things, but you are poor in attitude. Your spirit is poor. Eh? So he will send them, send them away empty. You see Jesus, he fulfilled the hymn of Mary when he was on earth. He fed 5,000. Then he fed 4,000. And the Bible tells us, he used the word, they will feel, the, the 5,000 will feel. The same word used in the hymn of Mary. They will feel means what? So this is very important. When we feed the poor, we make sure that they have enough. And even more than enough. Now, I once saw a TV program about this family. This, this lady, uh, she and her husband was in the car with a child, and they drive past, and it was raining, raining. Eh? And he saw a black man. Eh? Because you can see his face, he's nothing uh, racist, eh? black man. He was, he was cold, he was wet. And then they drove off, then the wife told him, turn around. And they turned around, she opened the car door, come in. Okay? And come in, went in, and then they went to the home. And in the home, she fed him with warm food, provide him with a bed to sleep. And the next day, he wants to go off again. Eh? He wants to go off. So the lady asked him, where are you going? I'm going out again. He will go where? Don't know. Nowhere. So she told him, you can stay here. You can stay here. So he stayed there for longer period, and she did as much as she can to care for this stranger. Okay? So sometimes, it's not just one day or one time event, no? Sometimes you need to do long term. So there's a cause. And sometimes you need others to help you, to partner with you, to do social work. Jesus used a, po a, a boy with food and fish and he was open-handed. He handed to Jesus. And Jesus multiplied the fish and the bread and fed 5,000 beside children and women. What a wonderful ministry that this little boy had. Open-handed. His lunch was given to give and feed and bless 5,000. So don't despise your little gift. Your little gift. Uh, amount you have. Then Acts tells us, which I read last week, God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, the early church, and there was, there were no needy person among them because from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. And I pray one day, God will speak to some of us. Whatever we have, we sell it. In obedience to God, like God told the man, sell, 
all your possessions and give to the poor. So one day you may do that, and then you bring it to the apostles' feet. In this sense, you bring it at the feet of Pastor Joe. Say, Pastor Joe, these are the money that I sold from the proceeds of the land. Use it for the kingdom of God. And I believe Pastor Joe is still praying and waiting for that to happen in GCC. Correct? Yes, possible. Huh? So what the early church did, it can happen in our modern world. There were no needy persons among them. Poverty was eradicated in their midst. There was that natural outcome of taking Jesus' teaching seriously. Jesus' kingdom is upside-down kingdom. Or I rather call it right-side-up right side up kingdom. Eh? The poor are going to be lifted up. The hungry are to be fed. Our call, your call and my call, is to be open-handed. If you think Matthew 25 as the events that occurred during the 1,000 years of Jesus, then the word, my brothers and sisters, first refer to the Jews. Okay, the Jews, they are the brothers, my brethren. Okay, so why? Because during that season, that period, a lot of suffering, tribulation, a lot of people will be persecuted. And among the people to be persecuted are always the Jews, the Christians. Okay, so if my brethren refer to Jews, God is telling the people who are alive at that time, you care for the Jews, you care for me. Eh? The second group is the church, the Christians. Okay? Because the Christians refuse to compromise. They refuse the mark of the beast. And because they don't have the mark of the beast, they cannot do trading, buying, all these things. So they suffer. They suffer for their faith and belief. Okay? So the second meaning is the believers, the righteous one. Righteous because of the blood of Christ. And then the third meaning is any human being. Any one of us. Because every human being is made in the image of God and our lives are not just for ourselves. We live with consequences, with results, good or bad. Okay? In caring for the poor, it tells you and me that I can do it. We can do it. Begin by caring for one person. John the Apostle says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. Whoever claims to love God and hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. So when we don't do social work and care for others, God says it's equal to you hate them. You hate them. You may not express it, but our omission, our non-action is hating them. Hating them. In my, in closing, earlier part, I mentioned to you Myanmar and about Pastor Inban who did relief work. I believe we can do it in, in GCC. Okay? Uh, I remember during winter time, 
there is always uh, in certain parts of Australia because of the cold winter, the homeless, as well as the hungry. Many people are hungry. Are we doing something? Or are they just news here? Come out the other way. Okay? We can do something about it. Yeah? We can do something to care for the poor. And sometimes, perhaps, you can bring your family with the children to see the homeless. You talk to the homeless in the street. Stand around the person with the children and ask the children to talk to the homeless. You can do it because the homeless person may feel lonely and no encouragement. They may not have talked to any children because we parents tell them, don't talk to strangers, don't talk to people who are dirty looking. We tell them not that way. What about going there? Bless them with things and tell your children, pray. Ask him what is the name and ask the children to pray to bless the homeless, the person who is sleeping behind the boxes. So one way to do that is the family, or we can get involved in tools or in a small group on a regular basis. I use the word regular basis. Once a year, no effect. Regular basis. You can do it once a month, Late at the least, once in two months. Once a month, once in two months, on a regular basis. Because when you go there regularly, they get to know you. They open up to you, to talk to you. I go to know me home for a period every week. All the people that know me by name. They know me by name. And I know them by name. You know, when I was a very young believer, one month old believer, I got involved in social work without anyone telling me what to do. So, in my Singapore days, eh, we finished our exam in November. So, we got it the GCE level finished. So, from December to January, I have two months holiday. And during these two months, I went to a Salvation Army Boys Home. Okay, they have Salvation Army Girls Home, Salvation Army Boys Home. So it's obvious that I go to a boys home. Yeah? So I go to the boys home every Saturday and I spend two hours there. How? Teaching the boys simple things. Yeah? At the primary school level, so I teach them what? Maths, English, Science. So I'm a teacher now. I'm a teacher. Yeah? I teach them. And I got to know the boys. And as I got to know them, they tell me their stories. Huh? Some of them told me when they were a baby, they were abandoned on the roadside. So I said, I may pick them. I hear the sad story. Huh? So I got involved. And I thank God that I did that at the time after I was a Christian for one month. You here, you have been Christian for more than a year. And you should tell yourself, I can do it. I must do it. You don't have to wait too long, huh? In fact, before I was a Christian, I was involved in social work. When I was in secretary, one of my classmates had a kidney problem. And he was warded in hospital. So every week, I visited him in hospital. At the time, I was not a Christian. Later on, I became a Christian. 
So I, I, I believe myself, no? I say, God must be so pleased with me. He said, I do so many good works. Huh? I was so proud. I am a self-righteous person. No? I, uh, I, no need, I no need to believe in your religion. I believe God sees and He knows and surely He will accept me in heaven. That was my wrong belief, self-righteousness. Huh? But I repented of that. Okay? So you do all this without Christ is wrong. So I want to close with this famous hymn that you heard before by St. Francis of Assisi. May you close your eyes as I read this hymn to us and we pray. I read it slowly. Last week I mentioned about St. Francis of Assisi. This is his hymn. He is also a prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And when there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled, as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Lord Jesus, your words are spoken. May it fall on good soil. May we take heed of your words and not just be mere hear hearers only. Thank you that when we have breath and when we have life, it's not just for myself or ourselves. It is that we can go out to encourage and inspire someone who has a greater need. Open our eyes that we see through the eyes of Jesus. Open our hearts that we have the heart of Christ, of compassion and care. Open our mouth that we speak like the Divine Master. Make me, make us an instrument of your peace today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.